Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. So, Logan, as you alluded to offline, there's a lot of rumour and innuendo occurring, and certainly there is. We don't normally tackle it head-on, and I don't think we're going to tackle it head-on just yet, because this is more like a, a taster of what's to come probably next week, because we should find out the official line, which means all the speculation and bollocks can go away. But essentially, at the very top end... There was rumours swirling a few weeks ago that there's going to be certain select Xbox games coming to PlayStation, and it got people's backs up. Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves were kind of um, speculated upon. It didn't really cause too much noise. We completely ignored it because I was like, well, we'll just see because it's it's not really a big deal. I mean, Hi-Fi Rush, you know, well-regarded from last year, like quite recent, um, but a smaller title. I think it's, you know, it's not a... It's not, it wasn't one of their big kind of hitters. At least it wasn't one of their planned big hitters because it came out of nowhere and shadow dropped. So it wasn't something they'd kind of marketed and was making that to be a big deal. Now, when it dropped, it became something and uh, people did enjoy it. Me and you excluded seemingly from that party. And you've got Sea of Thieves, which is six, maybe seven years old. And I was just like, well, mm. like, that's, that's a non-point, really. It's sea of Thieves, mm. like it's good. I've played and spent plenty of time on it, but it's not like a... A big title. It's not like a modern big title that you'd feel like, oh, that's really eyebrow raising because it's also a live service. So again, chuck it on everywhere and see what sort of money you can get. But anyway, this past week or and over the, I guess the past weekend, so the weekend before, if people listen to this on the public feed, freeloaders, um, there was rumours swirling about other games. And really the big one that caught my eye was when, it's, when Starfield was mentioned. I was mm. like, huh, that was... Last year's big one for all intents and purposes. That was Xbox's generational 2023. Here's the new start. Restart the generation. We're starting from now, Phil said. And Indiana Jones was mentioned as well, which has, you know, got some other complexities because it's a, a Marvel or a Disney property. It is Disney, isn't it, nowadays? They yeah, all Disney, all Marvel, yeah. But all of Lucas's stuff, not Marvel, yeah. um, which, which, owned, which are owned by Disney, obviously. It's a Disney property. So that had speculation that one day that might appear but it wasn't announced in that way gears of war has since been mentioned anyway the lid started coming off and people were basically making the assumption that everything potentially could go third party the xbox are going to leave the console all this sort of meltdown happening there were victory flags being flown by the blue bloods the green bloods really didn't know what to do it was a state of absolute disarray from their perspective and it was good to see people punished in that way I say I like to say that we don't actually know what the official line is. So actually speculating on those particular items is probably stupid of us because we get caught out in seven days or so. But here's what Phil said, finally chimed in. Normally he's, he's on the buzzer, shutting things down and, you know, disaster management, doing all that sort of stuff. Quote, we're listening and we hear you. Who? Which side? The screaming green bloods crying or the celebratory blue bloods going, go on, port all the games. Anyway, we're listening and we hear you. 
We've been planning a business update event next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our future, our vision for the future of Xbox. Sorry. Stay tuned. End quote. And it wasn't anywhere close to the quote because I bollocked it up. But that's what Phil said. So with all this there and probably what you've read and other speculation and nonsense and obviously the, the memes have been flowing, which have been one of my favourite parts of this whole entire process is seeing the, the jokes coming out. What was Phil's famous quote? When everyone plays, we all win. I'm like, well, maybe you meant that literally now, which is which is quite funny. Um, but what's your temperature check? Do you think there's much credence to these reports? Do you think Phil's neutral comment on we'll update something next week, we'll update you next week with something, but there's no denial there, suggests that there could be mm. a bit more smoke without fire. But what's your high-level temperature check? Is this going to be a defining moment in the industry? Because... Should the reports be believed and the theories, if everything does end up going third party, that would be a big change. But what's your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> there's no smoke without fire, right? Like generally speaking, and when there yeah. is smoke without fire, it gets shut down quickly. Um, so it'd be really easy for Phil to come out and go, this is all bollocks, it ain't happening, go away. Uh, but yeah. he ain't done that. So you can normally tell by what they're what the reaction is, what what the news will be. And it looks like, I mean, I don't know whether they'd do a Starfield. I don't know whether that's the like the initial short-term hmm. thing to do. But look, I think it's pretty obvious for, for a while the direction of travel Microsoft have been going with this, right? You don't buy the, arguably the biggest developer and publisher in the world. Um, you know... And I think when when you looked at that acquisition, what they did and how they positioned everything with Call of Duty and multi-platform stuff would have been interesting, right? Because if they if their if their goal was to further monopolise the console <clears> industry, <throat> they'd be pretty quickly coming out trying to mm. make sure that that was clear what? in terms of these are going to be Xbox exclusive games, right? And they didn't. They've done no. the opposite. Well, on that point, I just assumed that that's because of the pressure they got from regulators ftc sony that they were trying to mm. appease them thinking okay well look we didn't really want to do this but we're gonna to have to to get these fucks off our back but i wonder yeah. whether now they were like well we're gonna do it anyway and you know no, no skin of our nose we someone's run the numbers and alan said yeah don't really not really bothered but yeah it's so yeah i mean my, my one way or another it. they were going to be publishing a lot more games on playstation on by, yeah, by exactly the acquisition and I think the way that they've built out Game Pass, and I think we've talked about this semi-frequently on this podcast, how they're building up this big library. Regurgitating. Well, yeah, regurgitating content, which is the easiest way of making money. If we did make money, that would be nice. But um, Got a new patron last night. Wow. And, and I, said, I sent you the stats, didn't I? The charts. Seventh in South Korea for gaming and hobbies or something. Do they understand what we're saying? No. Although, look, a lot of the other podcasts seem to have some sort of English language. They're not all... They didn't look mm. Korean, at least to my eye. So maybe there's a... Yeah. It might, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know about these countries who learns English, but I feel like a lot of them, out of necessity, like other countries, just learn English just to be included. Yeah, they do. Yeah, in, in the world. So thank you for in that the world. world. Yeah. Called the Empire um, bad. Bloody hell. Gave them but, that. Uh, 
Yeah, my overriding view is that they've been positioning Game Pass as the way that they're taking their business model. Like when you think about the fact that they're, and I, I don't want to go on a long rant about this, and I'll keep it relatively short, but nice. the fact that they've stopped really selling Microsoft exclusives, like you, they've completely disincentivized the reason to buy their games because they're all day one. And I know that's a controversial day five. Yeah, part for you. But day one, essentially, they're available to, sh- to to download using that. Like it, kind of the direction of travel has been semi clear, or at least indicative for a while of where you think they might go. And they're obviously just going to start packaging up games in this subscription service. And then, like medium to long term, the idea is, you know, I'm not sure whether they'll actually come out of the console game altogether. Mm. Um, at least in the short term, they, they, they won't do that. They'll continue to support the Xbox. But I wonder if they're thinking next-gen onwards, is this the time when we go and speak to Jim and, and co and say, look, this is how we're doing it. Do you want to buy it, yes or no, and how much are you going to... like?" And start cool. actually selling the product that they've got rather than... You mean, and by product, you mean Game Pass? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. basically Microsoft being a subscription service. I mean, a lot of their stuff, right, the Microsoft business model yeah. used to be able to buy Office, used to be able to buy this and that. It's just a subscription service. Like their whole model at Microsoft has built, been built largely now in terms of software around subscriptions, like using Teams for, for organizations and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, And their share price is absolutely rocketed. Like if you bought Microsoft five years ago, yeah, like their share price has gone through the roof. And you, and five um, years ago, they'd gone. That's way too high. It can't keep going up. Yeah. yeah so it can. You look at it and you go, well, it. You know, everyone will be going, oh, but I like my console and this that, and the other. It's like actually, for me personally, this is like excellent news. I'll take this because it means I can get rid of this box. I'll have a PC. I'll have a PlayStation. I can play Game Pass mm. on a console or on my PC, and I don't have to have this third wheel, if you like. Um, but we speak with we, one or two steps ahead of that. I think it will be some form of business update, but I think they'll remain committed and do all that line to the, to the console. But mm. long term, the gut feel looks to me like they won't or they're not. I, I don't feel like that's their direction of travel. It's the complete opposite to what Sony are doing, really. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I tend to agree. There's no smoke without fire. The the lack of outright denial is there. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as nuclear as what has been squabbled at throughout the various gaming circles. I, I do tend to think it won't be everything. Here's what I would like next week or this week, I guess, is the freebies. Listen, mm. <clears throat> in the short and the medium term, I'm not going to say long term because who, who the hell knows? I don't be dictating strategies for businesses long term because. <laughs> It's never. It's no, no point. They, they won't, won't listen anyway. Just some sort of commitment to the Xbox as a hardware platform, mm. because there are people that have been there since. You could argue the three sixties when they started doing digital games. They kind of introduced that as an option, and then mm. Xbox One was more prevalent, and obviously the Series X. And and I'm talking in generational terms, not necessarily those boxes, mm. but more and more people buying games on a digital front because if you remove the ability for them to on a future kind of platform play those i think that's going to be a headache for them to deal with optical optically wise now you could argue that you know they could just keep their old their current box and you know forever but 
that stuff don't last forever it always breaks down eventually so mm. something like that have some sort of foot there even if it's just even if it's just series s type going forward like we're going to do a lower power cheaper machine that's not even a terrible way of doing it but some sort of commitment that they're not going to exit the hardware platform imminently to quell people mm. squabbling because i think as soon as you let the there's two reasons why one it's not good for those people that are invested in that ecosystem but also you wave that flag of potentially exiting and then what's the point in even bothering from now onwards buying anything to do mm-hmm. with export like it's going to go away so you you immediately bottom out your future growth you just you yeah. completely concede it so i think it's important they just confirm that i don't like i said i think that's well within their plans long term as you suggested perhaps not but short to medium you say look we're seeing this generation off and we're planning on something next generation something like that would do and you're like, okay mm-hmm. you've got a bit of time here the second thing and really the most important thing is i want absolute clear messaging on what they're up to <laughs> i know this is like impossible to ask of microsoft yeah. but this is what i'd like what are you doing and how are you going to do it if games are going third party i want to know which ones i don't want to hear this case by case basis bollocks again because we've had that before and then people every time something's announced is it third, is it going to place is it just go look at some point everything is going over to the other platforms where it's technically possible so you cut your losses with the switch if that becomes a problem but you say where technically possible the games are going now there's going to be at least an, a 12 month lag on our exclusive our, on our in-house products and stuff from our other publishers that we own now whether it be Bethesda whether it be Activision Blizzard whatever you go but something along those lines where you as an Xbox consumer can say okay I understand where I stand I understand that I'm going to get access to these earlier I understand also by owning the Xbox I've got access to Game Pass which allows me to play it at a very competitively priced place and also if you are going to start to branch out to PlayStation and consider them as your future customers it would be handy for them to know when to expect things roughly and and what what games to expect you go for this case by case bollocks and you don't win anyone over because everyone's looking at each other going what's happening next ideally ideally it's everything is eventually going over just to cut through that bollocks then i think it gives a consumer of all platforms a reasonable position to sit there and go okay for me i'm not gonna buy the box because I don't need to, which is fine. I'm, they're still going to get their money off me a year later. Um, or if you're an Xbox player, you're like, okay, fine. I know that I've got this period, this window where I'll be first. And like I said, I've got access to Game Pass for as cheap as you'll get. Basically, by the end of this thing, I want to be able to nod my head and have to have very little follow-up and questions other than like the analysis of what they've announced. No ambiguity. Is that too much to ask, do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a load of ambiguity about it. There, there Why always is it going to be though? Just because they want a, they want people talking about it. Like, if there's no ambiguity. There'd be no controversy. There'd be no. Sounds like WWE. This Cody and Rock thing. They've U-turned on it because of the fans. So, I expect there'll be there'll be some ambiguity. I think they'll remain committed, or they'll state they remain committed to the Xbox in some form or to hardware. They have to say that even if they don't mean it. Yeah. yeah, so they have to say that. I wouldn't put any... They won't put a time frame on it, and no. they won't say to what extent. 
I think that what you've outlined is probably where they'll go with it in the short term, which is it will go to other other platforms, but you'll get a you'll get Game Pass. For the, I don't think Game Pass will immediately go to PlayStation, for no. example. Well, like, I think that's more uh, to do with Sony saying don't need it or don't want it on our. We don't well, want. Well, yeah, I mean, because they'll they'll make what thirty percent of a tenner a month, and it's probably for them. Again, we talked about last week how they've wiped their ass with lower amounts of money. Mm. They might not want to give them a foothold there because they're trying to push their own subscription. Games and things. Yeah, 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 I mean, it is. So that, that in the short term at least, is probably not going to be a goer. But I think what they would do is say to, like, after two years, say, like, is it really that, like, once they've got most of their sales out of the way, yeah. is it really that impossible for it to go to PlayStation? They already do it for PC. Or whatever, well, or selling games to like so. It's already been there for years now, and everyone got over that eventually. Got over yeah. themselves and said, "Oh yeah, there is a reason to own an Xbox." It's oh yeah, of course there is. There's always a reason. If yeah. you're if you prefer the controller, it might be as simple as that. Like it's, yeah, it doesn't have to be There's this the whole ease of use. Ease like, of use. You might, yeah, there is there is some benefit, but it's not going to be a case of like universal. No benefit anymore and i think that's you know you're seeing that more and more like joe rogan's podcast just been moved back to apple and they're hoping to get it all back it? on youtube yeah yeah like because everyone's like i'm better off getting 10 percent of saying than zero percent of nothing like, does that mean that spotify have now got an open for a brand new podcast to fund like ours possibly so do we know anyone i mean no it's hmm. a problem but there's an open avenue I think this, he's still partnered with Spotify, so he's still right. They're still funding it, but it's not exclusive, which is interesting. But I, that I think- is weird. That is strange because Spotify and mm. Apple Music. All, all I see these days is when there's a, a yeah. music, a new song coming out. They're the two platforms they mention. It's going to mm-hmm. Apple Music and Spotify on on the assumption that's the, where most people are. Yeah. So I'm I'm shocked that they would Spotify. I mean, would be like, eh, let's allow it to go on there as well and not just keep it exclusive. Maybe they've seen that it's not really moving number. I mean, it seemed like an absurd amount of money for. It was crazy money. A yeah. long form podcast yeah. that he churns out three or four of those a week, and what's that? Twelve hours of. Yeah. You, know, you sit there listening to that every week. Not, I, I think I've listened to about a handful like all the way through because ever. they're too ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, they're too long. Like who's got that sort of time to invest generally, unless it's saying that or someone or something that you're super into. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's something else I was going to reference as well. Um, I can't remember what it is now, but generally like this ecosystem of like separate things, you see more things coming together. I think is kind of where I'm going because there's a combined benefit for doing that and i i just think it's kind of the way things are going to go but you'll get your games on day one game pass on a console and then perhaps two years 12 months 18 months down the line they'll they'll release it to other platforms it's like fine like i, I got nothing against doing that um but it's like people want to be super territorial and i find it ironic really that you know, people talk about things like Microsoft, like, oh, they're not shifting enough or they've lost the race to PlayStation. And it's ironic for me that what Xbox are trying to do is is sell their games because it's actually, in my perspective, it's the games that drive the console sales, yeah. right? Like, And you could argue that PlayStation haven't released a whole lot of games this generation and go through that. But 
the back catalogue of games from the past sort of five years on PlayStation that you can play is so much better than Xbox and Microsoft. Like, mm. by far, and with the advent of cross-play being widely available now and all that kind of stuff, like, the incentive to be on a console because your mates play Call of Duty on that or whatever is just gone. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a thing now. So when I look at a console... I've always historically bought the Xbox before the PlayStation. I think next gen, obviously I've got a PC now, but I would be the other way around. I would be getting the PlayStation before right. an Xbox. Yeah. And I, I I think that's largely because of the games, right? And then you've got Microsoft that are trying to <clears throat> sell their games now to a console. It's just a bit of a weird, ironic situation for me. I mean, they've got good games, but they haven't got... A whole set of great games that you can play in recent memory um but look i think it's an interesting development and the one concern that i would have before we probably look to move on from this is he's hosting it microsoft... yeah i do yeah i'm making the decisions but i'm just trying to not labor we said we're not going to discuss it until next week and we've gone to discuss it for 25 minutes yeah but essentially it's just competition like i've always found that having multiple consoles at least competing kind of keeps everyone in check a little bit in terms of cost pricing yeah like that, offering that's I why i kind of wanted them to make some mm. sort of medium term commitment as well yeah. just because you, yeah you're right because if 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 they would theoretically exit from hardware that leaves the switch basically and mm. sony now the switch is doing its own thing it's not it's not doing this high-powered, high-priced comparatively. Even though the Switch wasn't that cheap, actually. I think people forget that. it is now, but it's fucking... Yeah. It's about 300 and... It's 320 quid, yeah. yeah. Um, how much were those? I think those consoles were either four or 450. Anyway, yeah. not getting involved. But essentially, you leave, you kind of leave the market open to one high, higher quote-unquote powered console. Mm. Um, PC boys having a laugh at that one. And... Yeah. Then they're kind of well. Why not make it six hundred? If there's no one there, just to have a, an alternative mm. that's comparative to bring the price down. So that's why mm. I think it's important. They at least, even if it's a fleeting effort, just do it. And again, you know, you don't have to sell it at such a you know a price that you're losing money hand over fist. But there needs to be something there to stop those greedy bastards from just ramping up the price and saying, "Well, no one's going to stop us." I mean, the um, thing is, though, Microsoft have been pricing their console below PlayStation throughout this gen, as far as I can see. And well, they were the same, but they had the S. Yeah. Which was below it, but it was a lower power. Lower spec, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they've still, PlayStation has still sold them, like, comparatively, yeah. like hotcakes. Like, it hasn't really mattered. And I don't think that the PlayStation's been priced to be. And this is kind of where it's interesting is because the market will dictate as well. Like, you look at the Switch and you go, well, it's out there doing its own thing. Yeah, it's running like, right. It's running right. It's so gonna the, that's will... going to be the most sold console ever at some point. Like it'll, in my mm. eyes, that will clip the PS2 mm. either this year or next year, certainly, even if the Switch 2 comes out this year. So yeah. it'll go down in history for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's been out there doing its thing and it's always been a bit of a, well, at least since they sort of created the Wii. It's kind of just been out there on its own, doing its own thing, and it priced its own price, not, no real competitor. And we haven't seen that go up to £800 or whatever, like 
so the market will kind of dictate anyway what people are willing to pay um but i do think sometimes just having another option somewhere is always good options are always good yeah right just keep these fucks on generally honest. Not. yeah keep well, them as honest as possible yeah they're not going to be honest um, but yeah but i think that'd be my one concern is how how does anyone else come along and try and do something a bit different and offer something like yeah. i think that's what's interesting is does it because apple have always been sniffing around this market and they've struggled to find a way in like could microsoft coming out a little bit give them a different Space. angle of a way in um, i see i see a lot of like fear about apple saying oh don't want them entering the console market they don't know what they're doing and i was like yeah and i sort of went well fair enough i don't really follow much of what apple are up to and the apple vision absurd mm. as it is may well be something in 20 years that everyone's got who the hell i didn't think these yeah. touch phones smartphones were going to be all that and then now look where we are yeah but then I look back and I was like, well, Microsoft previously, when they started up, yes, they had like Microsoft Flight Simulator. They had a little bit of a footprint in mm. gaming, but kind of similar. And this big now multi-trillion dollar company is going to come along and they don't know anything about gaming. Really. They tried to buy a Nintendo outright, all this bollocks that happened. And yet they've had a decent run of 20 odd years and it might go beyond this mm. anyway. They may not be gone completely, but... I think, why can't Apple be like that? Why are they such a terrible influence when Microsoft would have been seen as that and actually weren't too bad, I don't think, in you know, yeah. the long term? We've had some good I mean, innovations like, for them, achievements, Xbox Live, uh, digital game store. Like, there's all this stuff they've mm. done, accessibility controller, that they've they've implemented through mm. being in this space that, I don't know, maybe Apple are just more nefarious in some ways, but... I've seen a lot of people like going, oh, we don't want them involved. I'm like, well... What have they done? Them, like, a lot of people don't have like a go. them. Because yeah. uh, they go, this is our ecosystem and you have to buy into it. And, you know, their products are horrendous. Sounds like, sounds like a PlayStation price. to me. Well, you know, they, they, they offer a premium product, premium service. And I'm not going to say it's great value because I think those iPhones cost them about... £2.50 to make or something. They sell them for over a grand. Like the markup on them is horrific. But I think, you know, they what they do, Apple, and what they've historically done is take a concept and and make it marketable and desirable. Yeah. And they do do some innovation like, you know, iTunes and they, they tend to bring concepts to the masses in a way that makes everything kind of make sense. And they're pretty good at doing it, right? You know, they they come out with some funky stuff. As you say, they come out with the iPhone and everyone's a bit like, I want buttons. Or, and and yeah. it kind of just took a little bit of time to get some traction. And now everything is basically an iPhone clone, yeah. really, is what it is. Um, you know, they, they do some good stuff. Macs are super desirable. iPads, mm. like they've done all this stuff. And you think, what could they iPod. bring? iPod, yeah. Yeah, yeah, listening to music that way. I mean, they've done some great stuff, but, you know, I don't know whether they... I sometimes wonder whether the good days are behind them in terms of, like, that sort of innovation because they lost yeah. the key man that was behind it sort of thing. But they've still got a huge amount of resources and everything to put behind it if they can see there is an avenue for them. You'd probably think at the moment with Nintendo, Sony and Microsoft, you go, what's, what's mm. there for us? What can... You know what sort of market share is there like they've obviously done a look at it and decided not to and you just wonder whether they might be looking at it a little bit going now might be our 
our chance, sort of not chance. now, now, but within the next five to ten years. But I don't know. As Interesting, say, though. All, all you're after is a chance. Maybe that's what they see. A little chance to get involved. But that's we'll find, I guess we'll find out more in the coming days as this. It needs a fucking shake up, doesn't it? I think wow. sometimes it's good to everyone goes all oh, change. I don't like sometimes it's good, right? Like, you know, you had Sega, you've had all these different things that have come and gone with consoles and they're still doing stuff just under a different guise. Um, yeah. Someone goes, someone comes in and that's the way it goes. And, you know, if Sega was still around and doing what they were doing, would we have had all the advents that Microsoft brought along? Like, so I think, look, it's just the way it goes. People come and go, different ideas, different things to do. And I think if Microsoft do decide a long-term shift in what they're doing, then I'm sure it'll open the door for someone else to do something a bit different. So might not be a bad thing. No. I guess we'll find out more from what Phil and Co have got to say and whether it's clear and concise. I guess we'll find out. Do they do a video of Phil and Co standing there trying to explain it? Or is it just like a blog post on like Microsoft uh, blog or Xbox no. player or what, what, how do they do someone this? talking I don't know I was thinking it would be like a keynote thing I, d- right. I don't know I think it would be some sort of like verbal with a follow up blog to, with support yeah. information with the detail of it yeah it would be interesting yeah. I don't really know because they've probably been I, I don't know whether they've been caught off guard with this well, stuff ru- sometimes the other rumour was that they were planning to do this either in spring, which I don't know when spring starts nowadays. It feels like it's spring now, the temperature, and it's pissing down with rain, or yeah. late February. So if you take late February is what they were planning to, they've, they've had to, they felt like they've had to bring it forward because of the leaks getting out and the response. They do this stuff well. deliberately to oh, yeah, temper yeah. the market and see what it does to the share price and all that kind of stuff. Like they, They're not inadvertent leaks usually with these announcements. They... Chuck it to someone well, and they go get this out. Conspiracy theories are that there's a bit of a civil war going on. You've got Phil and his gaming lot who don't mm. want this vision to happen because they feel like for Game Pass to work, you kind of now they've got everything in place. Mm. There's, there's now's the time to buckle down and say, no, this stuff's staying here for now. You come over yeah. and then you get involved in Game Pass and that builds the vision. Whereas Bean Counters and Satya and the, the top brass. I think this the CFO, something something Stuart his name is, they're yeah. all like, Well, we've invested this money and now we want returns on it. Yeah. So what's the easy way to return? Let's have a look and see what Activision does did for us once we put them over. Fuck me, look at that money it makes on other platforms. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the rumour is that someone on the gaming side who doesn't want this vision to become concrete started to leak stuff. This is tin full hat shit, isn't it? But leaked it. it leaked it out to for it. you know, get the yeah. controversy and, and try and say, look, there's there's a load of crybabies basically that don't want this to happen. And yeah. um, it's kind of forced the hand in somewhat some stage. Mm. A lot of people say this is really gonna drive the Microsoft share price down. I was like, no it's not. Like, Xbox is like the third or fourth thing in there. If they said, look, Windows yeah. and Office is going away because we're shutting it down, that would. <laughs> yeah. But Xbox looking to make more money when they, they're they probably responsible yeah, for it's not. like 20 yeah. cents of every dollar that's marked. It's not. It's not a problem for them. No, I mean, I think actually what this would do is is drive the share well, price yeah. up. Yeah. Because so, it, it, it would largely drive an increase in revenue, which would therefore be a good thing. And, exactly. And the, so, for, for what cost? You know, you're not no cost. T- a tiny bit of like porting costs for each game. 
but you've done the hard work on these games anyway so well the thing is if you stream it through cloud or something well, anyway you like you don't even Speed have to, this is what i mean it's like when you actually look at what the solution could be it you know it's interesting and i think this is where i start to talk about apple because if you see microsoft game pass app on an apple iphone being streamed to the tv through the you start putting the pieces together of how that actually works and you go well is that is that the model not today necessarily but is that the model of five ten years down the line rather than having this fucking great big box sitting here like, I, I i think that's the way that they're looking at it yeah um i want my box that's the trouble, though, is that you're fighting against the 1% that want the box. Yep. And the, the, the 1% are the loudest. And I, I, I like the box. I like the convenience of turning it on. I like the soft, the hardware being with me because it's reliable. But I don't know. I don't think that's the... I don't think the... Lo- I still don't think the long-term um, requirement is to have hardware. I think... In a lot of ways, it used to be. You look at companies now, and they had data centers, whopping great big data centers. Mm. They don't fucking want it now. They don't want the cost of running it. They don't want the cost of maintaining it. They just have cloud storage, like, and they whack it all on the clouds that way. Like, and that's the way things are going. Like, yeah, they'll start have... building all these cloud farms, and they'll go, "That's fucking expensive now." Well, they're already doing it, but they sell they sell the cloud, don't they? There's a cost to it. Selling fucking model, air. That's what they're doing, robbers. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not wholly surprised to see it. I don't think there's going to be an immediate shift, but I think long term, it feels like there will be some well, kind of shift. Well, they come out, and nothing's changed. They say we're not doing anything. Sorry, bye. They'll be <laughs> fucking lying because they're always doing something, aren't always they? Fucking about. Um, and I think the writing's semi on the wall, um, but we'll see. I think it's as I say, I'm, I kind of welcome a periodic shake up. We've had this duopoly for for 20 25 years now and it's like i'd actually kind of welcome something meaningful to to shake it up a little bit whatever that might be we will see anyway this is idle game chat dimp digital's flagship video game podcast 34 minutes into the podcast got apps here and the fgl grand prix winner logan to talk through whatever we decide is relevant for the week of um of video games now i don't know if this is going to show on the oh it does it's kind of a bit blurry but yeah. this well there's always <laughs> going to be a concern with this <laughs> but essentially someone sent us some fan mail cartoon tom sent us a he called his, his own words were the blue peter version of the the, the sniffometer now is that what we agreed on in terms of the terminology just reading it was it the sniffometer or the sniffer meter or I always find it interesting when people put tut as a T-U-T. Well, he did, I look in his it. note, he did write this and say, I've put it as tut, but I think you spell it as T-O-O-T. And I was like, I don't yeah. think there's a library, a, a fucking dictionary <laughs> term for it. Digital so. dictionary of terms, yeah. Yeah. So we've got the fourth coming of Christ, we've got Bollard Tickler, yeah. you've got core, you've got lurking, you've got well, you've got tut. You've got a load of old toot and then just blow her at the bottom. On the I mean, it's pretty bang on, to be fair. I, I know, it is. I can't actually say that I think is anything that I'd change about it. And we use those terms. I haven't. I don't think I've ever used the term ballard tickler before, That's but that Adkins. looks like an Adkins. Yeah, yeah. That's an Adkins fucking bollard fucking tickler. 
the fourth coming of Christ is your one, I think. You always yeah, I say think we're all four, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after um, we after had, Elden we, Ring. Yeah, because we had. Oh no, <laughs> Zelda. Breath, Breath of the Wild was the second coming of Christ, <laughs> and then Elden Ring was the third coming. So we are on the fourth coming of Christ. Yeah. So it's pretty good, though. Does it go? Yeah. It, the, I assume the. The, the triangle goes up and down. Yeah, you can sort of yeah. rate it. So maybe we should use this as some sort of sniff. Because this is for games that we think that are coming out that we think could be yeah. of use. I mean, um, if I was going to be overly critical, I'd ask for that to be on wood. But <laughs> I mean, it's still really good. Yeah, no, it's very good. It is just a bit of cardboard, but it's, it come, it's come out. It's yeah. laminated at least. So. Yeah, I know. And it's 3D because the dimp knows... By looks of it, is oh yeah, a second layer of yeah, it's it's stuff yeah. and, the, and the triangle. It's yeah, it's got some depth yeah. to it as well. That is way beyond my creative skill, I think. Um, I like it. I think we should use that as a when we're talking about games where it sits on the sniff. On the so old what is it? Is it sniff? Is that the right spelling for I, your sniffometer? Or do you want well, dashes in just, it or what? I have just said it's a sniffometer. I don't like sniffometer because that's a very mm. American. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Lazy English. You say, you go, it's a thermometer. You don't go, it's a thermometer. Yes. So that's why I go, it's a sniffometer, not a sniffometer. Yeah. It's very good, though. Mm. Is that the right I like spelling, it. then? Sniff, I don't know. Yeah, it's about as good. That's what I'd do it as. Sniff, o meter, sniffometer. I'm happy with that. All right. We'll sign that. I like it, though. It's very good. Well, let's put it to use now, shall we? Go on. Yeah. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Was out actually on our last recording, but there were no reviews. Yeah. Now it's sitting on a fifty-nine, which is a disaster for Biff. Well, really, that's a sixty-nine. Well, <laughs> yes, I <laughs> do. It? I yeah, I yes, I I do tend to think that it's not a fifty-nine, really, in real life. But nah. they made their mind up before the game came out, so it's never going to get anything higher. So it's a sixty-nine in real in real money, as we'd say. But yeah. it's not good for Biff's fantasy gaming league. A sub sixty can't can't help him. I don't know what he was thinking. No, nor do I. But that's how the boy operates. We've got here. Let's read this review. I've got a six out of ten, which is roughly what it's doing. Yeah. What, it's, what it's sort of lurking at the sixth axis. Gareth Chadwick, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League is a perfect example of how live services can sap all the energy out of a game experience. <clears throat> the story, the character, and gameplay all range from good to fantastic, but the missions grow stale before long. The loot system's few bright spots are tarnished by the chore of everything else you earn, and the story and characters all but evaporate once you reach the end game. So, not happy with this live service implementation, which I think was always going to happen. Mm. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised at all by where this has ended up. Really, I think this was—it's probably a tiny bit lower than I expected. But you know, I always knew it was going to have a hard yeah. time because no one wanted it. And it's interesting to kind of read and see people's opinions. Is that the general consensus is that listen to this Metro, the AI's done it again. No name, four out of ten they gave it. The combat is good, and the script has its moments. Otherwise, a highly repetitive open world shooter that makes very poor use of its license. But again, the core combat is seemingly getting mm. some level of praise. Yeah. And again, it's just been. Well, we know this is partly because it's Rocksteady and the affinity people have of the Arkham games. They wanted another Arkham type game, and they got this, the game they didn't want. So that's that's damaged it. But are you surprised by this at all? Really, I guess is the 
top level question. No, I mean, look, it, I think it's not just the game. It's not the game that the the critics wanted, and I don't think it's really the game that anyone wanted from from them or just from any studio. Like, I don't think it's even... I, I get what you're saying, that they did that, but it's like, if someone else did this, would I have wanted it? Like, no. No, I, but you I wouldn't have think... actively hated it. Like, if, if, if fucking Epic yeah. came out and said, oh, we're going to do a suicide yeah, squad, yeah, I know people would have gone, all right, I won't play it, but I'm not going to get on the fucking bandwagon and start... Yeah. It down. I mean, let's be honest. It didn't look good. Like yeah. when we saw, when we all saw it last year, we all went, mm. Mm. like look, alarm bells were ringing. Yeah. But I always wondered how they would make this a. Well, I think there was a concept there, and they've gone down this. They've artificially tried to make it live service, and I just don't. Like even when we played the division, I think there's all this. Like, does it need that? Like, it's just a way of artificially trying to keep players in. And I just don't think it largely... Everyone wants to get on the gravy train. I think that's the problem. Yeah. So you try and shoe on popular titles into this model that don't want or need it. And I think largely, whenever any of the superhero games have been good, Spider-Man, Batman, like the art, like, they've been solo experiences that give you 20 30 what about 40 the hours. avengers another blower and this is what i mean it just doesn't i think the, the idea is that you know we'd get four of us from dimp we'd always all be a superhero and we'd go roaring around and we'd have a great time I've called king practice, shark in practice it doesn't work does it like no. um and I, yeah i'm just not that surprised i think yeah, the combat can be good, but I do wonder, like, how does that looting work? Like, where's the... Mm. Like, surely a, a character has their weapons and their, their powers, and then that is the environment that you operate in for them. Like, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? I, I think it's an interesting one. I mean, I don't... I think if we played it, we'd probably go, this is okay. Like, have well, an okay time. Well, we sat through the Division too, and it's various offerings. So, yeah. I mean, if you can get through that, you think this can't be far. Mm. I imagine it feels like that for people. They're starting to realise that if you play... <laughs> when you play these sort of co-op games, and they, you find they are just soulless. That Yeah, they, and that's, what, that's how we described the Division. Like, we just said it lacks... It just, I always think with co-op games, there's got to be something inherently fun about them. I know that's a really obvious thing to say, but like, there's got to be, like, the, the thing that's kept Destiny going is that the gameplay is incredibly solid and good and fun to do, like, and the guns can be interesting. There's a way to do that. Like, that is interesting. The, the rest of it is largely not, right? And there's a puzzle puzzle element that is also sometimes interesting. But then when you go back to others, like, what's interesting? Like, Fortnite... It's a bit stupid, and they've got loads of variety, and there's like you can play it kind of how you want, but it's it's just fun, like. Yeah. And then people have taken games that aren't inherently fun, and like there's no story, there's no real good fun gunplay, and you go, well, what what is there to this other than just the mechanics? And it, yeah. I think that's sometimes really difficult to replicate. Um, but yeah, you know, I think six. Six to seven out of ten is roughly where I saw this game, and it's you know it's got got crapped on, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean it's dragged Biff's average down 
So he's got a 90, an 87, a 59, a 74. So he's on an average of 78, which isn't terrible, but he needs to... It's now left other games to do a lot of heavy lifting. This is what yeah. the trouble with that is. You can't get you can't get away with just good. Um, not these days. Not these days, it seems. But we'll see how it plays mm. out. I mean, so we've got Last of Us Part 2 remastered 90, Prince of Persia, Lost Crown 87, Suicide Squad 59, and then there's another code recollection at 74. He's got things like Rise of the Ronin, uh, the Tomb Raider remastered jobbies that are coming out, mm. Open Roads, Pacific Drive. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's put him in a bit of a tricky position. He's got to hope what happens last year is that everyone ends up dropping a bollock and has a 60-odd mm. rated game, which might happen. Everyone seemed to fall into that trap last year mm. and it gave gave people opportunities. But yeah, that's Suicide Squad, kind of where we expected it to fall. Now, another game that's in the Grand Prix, which is on Adkins's squad, is Helldivers 2. It's out now. PlayStation published, Arrowhead developers. Uh, no reviews are out, so they didn't hand this one out early doors. The excuse being that it's a, you know, a online. It's a PVE game, you know, a proper yeah. not one that you can even play solo. I don't think because it's so hard. It's one of those ones that requires a level of, you know, cooperation. But they always that's the excuse. It's been drawn out now. You can make your own decisions on whether you think that's of of got any credence Maybe. to it or if they're trying to hide something. Mm-hmm. We'll find out probably by next episode what the score's roughly going to be. Um, it's getting mixed reviews on Steam due to crashes, pay-to-win, and anti-cheat DRM. So that's not a good sign. But on the flip side of the coin, Helldivers 2 did top the Steam charts, beating Power World and Counter-Strike 2. So a lot of people jumped into it. Whether they were happy once they did is is another question. But certainly it's not completely flopped out of the gates but this will be judged on its tail because mm. it's set up to be one of those service type games so now we're going to use the sniffometer here because we haven't got really much of a, a guidance on what it's going to be where are you going to put this on your sniffometer hell divers 2 you've got the forthcoming of christ the bollard tickler core is it just lurking is it well is it to load of old to or a complete blower um, see, I find this difficult because oh, nice. for me, it, I'm not going to play it. So it's technically blower. But that doesn't mean oh. the game will be a blower. But my sniffometer, it's a blower. I think it's probably going to be, well. well that's where I actually put it because yeah. should, should the impossible happen, mm. it may get played one day. I'm yeah. not ruling it out because it actually looks like it would be good fun, but it's got so many other blows to fucking jump through. So many people got to come along to play. Yeah. They never freeze. Uh-huh. It's unlikely that it's ever, the stars are going to align, but if they did align, then I would actually sit down and maybe give us a go, but I'm not going to champion it. Mm. So therefore it gets a well. Yeah. I think that's fair. Sony will be on the, the back foot as soon as the, sales and the player count falls and drops which it will i don't see this being a resounding success if i'm honest but happy to be proved wrong resounding successes hogwarts legacy officially cleared zelda as 2023's best-selling game worldwide the controversy mm. did not matter in the end the boycott 
did not matter, really. I mean, maybe it could have sold more, but it sold more than enough, I'd say. Um, so it outsold Tears of the Kingdom by about 1.7 million copies. And these are due to stats released from Nintendo and directly from Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. So they both separately released sales data for them. Tears of the Kingdom 20.28 and Hogwarts Legacy got over 22 million. And uh, they tweeted out saying this is the best selling game of the year in the entire industry worldwide. So they're happy with that. Um, I will say, was as impressive that is for Hogwarts Legacy, well done. I mean, Zelda's no disgrace there considering it's only available on the Switch. Whereas no. Hogwarts Legacy <laughs> was available everywhere, including the Switch by the end of the year. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at it from per capita, that Tears of the Kingdom has is, is crapped on it, really. It's just been on a platform that's got a lot of yeah, people yeah, on yeah. it. But if it was on a PlayStation, I mean, who knows what that game would have sold. Oh, it would have been, yeah. Like, or PC. Yeah, yeah, mad. Absolutely mad. Um, but yeah, that Hogwarts Legacy Were you surprised by that? I mean, you, you played it and nah. seemed to enjoy it, but no, you're not... He's not surprised. I, I went to topically aware of time. Topically, I went to the Warner Brothers Studios on Wednesday this week um, to do like the Harry Potter studio mm-hmm. tour, and you go there and it really does make you realise how many people like you literally booked up for two months in advance. <sighs> like, and there's people that come from all over the world oh, to see that. It, it really is an eye opener as to how big that franchise is and i think we said it when the game was sort of coming out or due for release last year like if they execute successfully on this game like it's going to be huge and yeah. um i have to say after playing it they did it's it's a great great harry potter game it's the game that i always wanted from when i was a kid back from when i played the original on the pc and it was horrendous frame rate like it's the game that i always wanted really in a lot of ways and um, I was actually thinking, I never have deleted it off of my Xbox because I always thought right. um, I might want to go back to that. And I, I, after being at the studio on Wednesday, I was actually thinking about diving back into it for a bit and just having to wander around and clean up, doing a few bits. Um, because, yeah, it is, it's, it's really good. So, no, I'm not surprised by it. Um, the audience was there. It was just a matter of whether they could release the game that people wanted. And I think they largely did. Yeah. I mean, I still haven't got round to it, but I'll just yep it. So, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I think if you're not a Harry Potter fan, you'll still enjoy it. But mm. to get like the utmost enjoyment out of it, I think you've got to appreciate the whole world. In the same way, if you went and did a Harry Potter tour, you'd probably go around and go, yeah, this stuff's cool to look at. But do you I, really... Yeah, well, I did sit through all that, those two films, but I ain't read the book. So, again, that's... And people say, well, you're missing half the... And I'm like, well, it's never going to happen, so... You're lucky to get the films out of me, including those mysterious monsters, Twitters, getting yeah. rid of Johnny Depp for Mads and not explaining that change of character. I mean, it's it's right. It's a wizard world, yeah, there's magic happening. Yeah. Why aren't he just at the start in the mirror changing his look? Well, you mean like what they did for basically Doctor Who? They just yeah, sort of what are they doing? Yeah. They went, well, he could do this. He just regenerates. And yeah. that's, he just looks different every time. Yeah, they yeah. had to backtrack on that, because wasn't he supposed to only regenerate a certain amount of times, Doctor Who? Yeah, and they went, ah, oh, well, he can just do it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah why they just it... made the rules up. I know what you mean. Just explain that. Because when, mm. when that film started and I was looking at Mads, I was like, who is this? 
<laughs> you don't look like Johnny. Well, I thought it was a different character. And then I was yeah, like, well, yeah. I don't know who this is. And then it took me a good like half an hour. I was like, oh, it's supposed to be... I can't remember the character's name now. It's supposed to yeah. be him, isn't it? Was that when he was going through all the shit with yeah. Amber and that, and he just couldn't... I think, yeah, yeah he got... He, certain projects got booted off of, for, you know, that's how it kind of yeah, rolls, yeah. isn't it? You get snarled up in something, even if it's mm. good or bad, you get kicked off until it's all been cleared out positively or negatively but yeah so Mads got installed and then um, they never explained why he looked completely it's not even though they look similar like it was mm. like who's that other bloke who doesn't look like what's name Johnny Depp they but, did um, well they did that though in the, I mean it's uh, he's in know. extras what he's one of the he's one of the what, one of the extras yeah. like one of the famous people yeah and he's trying to get a date with Maggie and she's just not interested <laughs> All I can think of is Ross Kemp. No, it's not Ross Kemp. No, obviously not. <laughs> One thing I was going to say though, they did it with Dumbledore though in um, in Harry Potter, and again that annoyed me. They didn't. I mean, obviously, like Richard Harris died. Like you can't, like you can't do anything about that. But no. it was just kind of like just continued. They changed like his outfit and everything. Like they made him a different Dumbledore and just went, yeah, yeah. Nice. Always been a bit weird for me. I've kind of just got, just gone, I've just yepped it in my head as one of those things, but still just niggles a little What's bit. What's his name? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I can't remember. What, the guy from Harry Orlando Potter? Bloom. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, he's, I, don't, I don't, don't look the same, but Mads looks nothing like John. Like, there's no even, you can't yeah. even get away with it. At least, like, Orlando Bloom could, could have grown his hair out and styled I it. I think like... it's sometimes you just go, Who's, who else could do this character? That's why like, he do the magic thing and he just changes yeah. look. Yeah. I've seen him do exactly. wilder shit in those films, so that should have yeah. been done. Anyway. The thing is, they're constrained by the books and the stories and stuff, which well, is yeah, why they, they make stuff as they go along half the time. They don't know what they're doing. Anyway, yeah. Hogwarts Legacy, an absolute profit maker. Also, Red Dead Redemption 2, 61 million copies sold. Second best selling game for Rockstar. It's unbelievable, really, isn't it? The title takers. Anyway, that'll do for this part of Idle Game Chat. What have we got next? We are going to move on to... Let's do State of Decay 2. A surprise in the book. So people can hear about my opinion on maybe a game that's ported over to PlayStation one day. Who knows? I suspect that sort of stuff they won't bother with. But who knows? Phil will let us know in due course, I'm told, thanks to these business updates. But you've got State of Decay 2, which I played through... A fair old bit, a few of the campaigns that were there and whatnot, and give my thoughts on that. That's it for us on this particular segment of Idle Game Chat. We will see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions to close out this edition of Idle Game Chat you got apps here and Logan joining me to talk through State of Decay 2 Juggernaut Edition, which I have played. Logan definitely not playing this one because it's got Scrabblers, as he calls them, aka zombies in them. Not my bag. Not his bag at all. But I did recently play through State of Decay 2 Juggernaut Edition. Spent about 30 hours in it on total. And uh, back to report my findings. So I'll hand over to Logan to see what questions he can come up with. 
Store page. Store page. Okay. First, well, it's more of a statement that more than anything. Yeah. Store page? Question mark. It does have one. Here we go. Yeah. We've got Xbox Game Studios who published it. Undead Labs who developed it. So this is a a Microsoft exclusive, I guess you'd say. It's not on. It's on PC. I think it's on Steam and all that good stuff. But it's not on PlayStation. Original release date. 22nd of the 5th, 2018. So it's an old one. Yeah. Getting resurrected. Anyway, the dead have risen and civilization has fallen. Not even the military could stop the zombies. So they call them zombies in this. They're not afraid to, like some games in fiction. They just go, oh, infected. Them. That's a poor way of doing it. I like the term zombie. It's okay. It's fine to do it. Yeah. Well, I watched World War Z the other night and they say zombie in that. It's called World oh. Z, but yeah. anyway. And now it's up to you to gather survivors, scavenge for resources, and build a community with up to three of your friends in a post-apocalyptic world, a world where every decision matters and where you define what it means to survive in the ultimate zombie survival simulation. Static Decay 2 Juggernaut Edition reimagines the popular survival game as a brand new experience to welcome first-time players and those who have come back from the dead this edition is packed with new and remastered content from the ultimate zombie survival experience join over 10 million players and discover what juggernaut edition has to offer so it has the base game plus all three add-on packs released today including the all-new homecoming update uh, it has remastered graphics and upgraded engine featuring realistic fog effects, expanded soundtrack with hours of new musical arrangements, Providence Ridge, a brand new open world map full of forest zombies and mystery, two-handed weapons with melee combat moves to bust zombie heads, a new introductory experience and improved controls to help you master the apocalypse, and countless other improvements to the classic open-ended sandbox gameplay. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot here. In terms of not just that store page, but the game itself, it does... The ultimate zombie survival experience, it says. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, that's a low bar. Because a lot of the trash that's come out that's tried to do this isn't up to snuff. That is now, just... I would say there isn't really a AAA. This ain't AAA, forget that. No, but this is what I'm saying. There isn't really, like, a benchmark in zombie survival experiences mm. you got no. dead island but that's not really it's not a survival no it's a that's a it's a zombie game but yeah i yeah. mean you're right i mean all the games that you kind of think of that have tried this i mean the the big one's probably day z which was a mod of armor two and yeah. three i think and that mm. that was an online experience yeah um so that this i mean that's kind of where this is different i guess to a lot of the others that i've played is that this doesn't rely on or require online people now it does say there's co-op in there you can do that How'd you, you feel can... about that what do you mean if i was there well, coming to attack you your base no you but this is what i'm saying well no you, you wouldn't want it no this is the thing that's part that completely removes that nonsense because people that drop into your game can only help you anyway so if you want to fire a flare up for help or whatever you do or you want to play as a co-op as paper would say then it's all you know you're all building towards one goal it's a pve environment yeah you know day z pvpve so you've always got those yeah. snurks that are just out there to to rob you sabotage your day yeah i played another one called the war z which was an absolute 
disgrace of a game. I think it ended up being called Infestation or something eventually. I mean, a complete... You know, that was when DayZ was getting... Yeah, yeah. It's popular, and that was a clear attempt to cash in on that, and I bought into it, hook, line, and sinker, and it was just... It was pretty poor. I mean, again, it was online and Mm. has that dynamic, but really, you're right, there isn't really a... So maybe it is. Maybe Maybe it's the ultimate current zombie survival experience, but... Well, I think removing the online element just create so much less hassle for everyone involved you've got to worry about the players just yeah. fucking things up it it's... would have to be pve like yeah. it, whatever happens adding the pvp element and that yeah. would be there in the real life but people in these games do not behave in the way they would in real life no. so it's just a nonsense well, you teabagging are you in real life you ain't got time right for so I, I think it does just sell the whole experience but yeah it's interesting they added that co-op element because i'd be surprised at how many People would want people like me, like even in, you know, going back to Minecraft, when we've tried to play that together, I've got TNT buildings being put underneath what I'm doing. So there's always going to be, there's always going to be sabotage, as I'd call it. Yeah. Um, So it's interesting you should go back to the State of Decay, though. So I assume you played, and I recall that you played the original, right? You wouldn't have played State of Decay 2 without playing State of Decay 1. Ronnie wouldn't allow it. No, yeah, I did. I did play State of Decay, um, the the original. That was a very much game. more of a base game, wasn't it? If I remember, it was kind of like an indie developed thing that everyone got hyped about. Yeah, I can't remember. Pretty... The, I can't remember the timeline, you know. But there was a there was obviously Microsoft bought Undead yeah. Labs, um, and I can't remember when they bought them. But I think it was it was shortly after or shortly before the original State of Decay came out. That's my that's my memory of it. Yeah. Anyways, well, I had my eye on this game for for ages. Um, I mean, I didn't play it until 2014, so it took me a while to to get to it. I think it came, I feel like it came out either 2008 or 2005. I mean, it was originally a, a 360 game. Mm. I'll look it up in a second. But yeah, so the original got played, and the original wasn't quite what I was after in that when the game launched it it initially was it's more story based than guess what I was expecting Walking and, Dead Simulator yeah it wasn't very random in terms of like the survivors are already pre-baked in all this stuff I mean it was, it was okay I mean the game ran like fucking dog shit I must remember I do remember that and that, that, that old PC weren't up to it probably but it was a real stinker. It was just so scruffy, so mm. rough around the edges, ran like garbage. And although I enjoyed it for what it was, it clearly had a lot of deficiencies that meant that the, the DLCs that came after it, there was another story-based one called Lifeline. And then eventually they added a, what they called a quote-unquote a sandbox mode called Breakdown, which was you know had no story content it's just about surviving for as long as you can and then eventually mm. resetting the map and it'll be in a harder difficulty under the under the guise of you fixing this rv rv van and escaping the city but then you come back to the same one each time it's a bit strange they didn't have they didn't have more than one map so and i remember seeing those thinking actually that breakdown sounds like something that i should be getting involved with but by that time i was kind of over it all i was like oh, yeah, you yeah. know well, it was what it was then we started to start decay 2 came out I mean, it, from my my memories, it got absolutely crapped on in the reviews. Like, scored like yeah. sixty odd and seventies, and mm. I was just like, "Look, there's plenty to be getting on with in 2018, the year of Spider Man and all that God of War mm. and all this stuff." Like at that that point, I kind of moved on to it. I kept an eye on it because I was like, "This 
maybe has potential if they decide to keep supporting it and patching it and whatever. whatever. And mm. patch it they have. They've added a ton of stuff. Now, I can't attest to what the game was like in 2018. I've got no experience of it. But what I can say today is it, over 50 patches later, dozens of content drop, dozens of reworks of systems and community feedback. They are still doing stuff to this day, working on this game, whilst State of Decay 3 is in development. And it's now at a standard where it's probably much improved. So those kind of timeline, those static timeline reviews from back in the day, whilst we're accurate, I think nowadays is a much more polished product here. Many more features, better onboarding, systems have been ironed out communities kind of said this is what works this is what doesn't work they've got all the data all the telemetry and they've kind of they've they've listened to it and i had decided to just take a little walk around their discord and their reddit um um board to see what what the kind of sentiment was and it is it is very positive like a lot of people are very high on what they've done since the base games come out and They've listened to the community. They're still listening. They've got a wish list up for people. And seemingly the players that are still engaged with it at the moment are happy with the, the, the direction it's going. So I whether that's how accurate that is or not, obviously is difficult to actually say, but it, mm. it seems like the support has been at least appreciated by the core fan base that's left there. Um, and there's a fair old amount of content here as well. So... It's by no means what it was in 2018. It's still, it still kind of has a ceiling, I think, in terms of its overall presentation, and and that might mean on, on a quality front, people kind of sneer it and go, "Yeah, it's kind of looks a bit rough, doesn't it?" It's like, yeah, it does. It does look a bit rough still, but it's um, all about the the systems and the game plan. I guess this sandbox gameplay as to whether it's gonna going to be able to stand out there's three modes okay basically there's this daybreak mode which is a way which is basically survive seven waves with three other people online i didn't play that not interested well i, I look through one playthrough it takes 45 minutes and yeah it's just waves of zombies you have a wall to protect they can get through the wall they attack your technician if the technician dies you go back to the beginning and you earn these prestige points which you can use in the legacy mode to unlock certain items which is a bit strange i think doesn't make any contextual sense which i think annoyed me initially but um generally i weren't going to play that mode because that's one you want to play with three others that you know you go into that destiny trying to play a fucking raid with randoms you, you know what the outcome's going to be it's not going to be good for anyone involved yeah you've got heartlands which was added at a later date this is more like the original state of decay in that it's got a it's a story mode that that leans on the State of Decay 2 mechanics. So you have a start and a finish to the story if you work through the missions, and it obviously incorporates all the survival elements of the base game. Then you've got, people call this the campaign, or it's, it's under like Define Your Legacy, where <clears throat> it's the sandbox mode mostly, where you can choose to go through the tutorial and pick starting characters, and then from there onwards you can add people to your base and... To your community or you can pick three random characters start on a random map or choose your map and do all that stuff and go for the same process but with a bit more of a no handholding eventually essentially you're dropped in there to, to kind of deal with it all so they're the three modes on offer and i thought i'd just get that out there in case any of that piqued your interest um frightened him he's well, a night zombie so 
No, I don't. I think it's interesting that they've got some different modes and stuff going on. That mode, that daybreak thing, sounds a bit... Mm, don't like the idea of stuff being linked back to the game, but I'm guessing, you know, you just wanted to stick to the story mode largely and did that. I prefer, having played both the modes, mm. I prefer the sandbox campaign mode than Heartland, which um, is the story um, mode. Now, what's yeah. clever or cool about the Heartlands mode is it is it's set on the original map of the first one and has characters come back and it has its own yeah. little, there's a little saga basically going on in that area they've just decided to create. Mm. But the trouble with it is because everything's pre baked in terms of the characters you meet and the survivors that you meet and the people that you can add to your community. If for whatever reason you lose one of them, they're gone for good. And the way in which that game is structured is that the special, the kind of special is that some of these survivors bring allow you to unlock base upgrades that you can't access until you've got them in your community. But if you lose them, you lose access to it. So you can end up locking yourself out of quite mm. significant upgrades. Now, to be fair, now I've gone through it once, I'm less inclined to worry about failing because I've gone gone through an experienced yeah. story. But that first playthrough is quite tense because I didn't want to lose anyone and leave myself with an impossible task towards the back end. Yeah. Um, and also, there's always that there's always that feeling that you uh, the campaign or the, or the sandbox mode has all the trappings that Heartlands has. It's just that you haven't got this you know, these, these missions to do if you don't want to. And it's much more random. You have this curveball mechanic that's implemented into it, which means random modifiers, either good or bad, can happen in the game for an amount of time. Like, it might make the zombies more squishy suddenly because there's been a mutation, or it might make them explode on impact. There's all these weird, strange things that can happen during that mode that keep that mode mm. fresh. The survivors that you meet, other than on a certain map, are all randomised, as far as I can tell. You know, yeah. the, the, the enclaves that you meet, the, the missions are random, but they're normally rehashed versions of them. But you, you're still with new people, with new different people, perhaps, to recruit to your, your base. So for me, that's where the long-term play of the game will come. Because I will go back to this. It'll be one of those games that when, if I've got a couple of weeks between releases of a game where I'm waiting for something, I'll boot mm. this up and go back into that campaign thing. And just start a community and just see how far I get and and be done with it. The campaign does have an ending though. You can work towards a goal. You can work towards clearing down the map of these play carts, which are infesting basically the map. And then you can elect a leader into your community. And each each character has their kind of view of how the community should be run. You've got like a, a warlord who's very much like, look, you shoot on sight other survivors. You don't make friends. You've got a trader who wants to make, tra you know, friends and whatnot. You've got a builder who wants to build a self-sustained community. Um, you've got a sheriff who's wants to be the law basically, but hand out justice and whatnot. And they then have their own, depending on who you select as a lead, they will have a number of missions and an end game. Once you've completed that, you can go back in with your, community and continue it or you can move to another map and carry on there or you can basically save them down and say that's it that's their story done and start a new one so you can play it as endlessly as you want or you can play it through to getting these legacies done whether it's a sheriff a trader a builder or a warlord and at that point you know bin the community or save them down in, in what they call a legacy pool just so that they're there for reference um 
So there is an element of things to be getting on with even in the sandbox mode, but I guess it's less pressing because there's no real you know, there's no real story to be worried about at that point. It's not it's not Do what you like. Do, do what you own like. Pace, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. So when we'd spoke, it might have been on a podcast, it might even be on the podcast that just preceded this. Who knows? I don't. Yeah, do you? Definitely. It's definitely not on that one, is it? Because that's out. Yeah. So when we spoke on that previous podcast about this, you talked to your frustrations with the tutorial mode. Yeah. And how that affected your gameplay, if you like, or your experience of the it game. It changed you the fucking game. Well, they added it, though, for you. You don't want it. This toilet. <laughs> It'll get you in a pickle. Because really, what you do... The, the loop... The, <laughs> the game is that you've got a load of resources in this base. They whittle down, unless you've got facilities in your base that don't whittle them down. So say, for example, you build something like a farm that's going to make you food. You know, you, you, your food levels won't whittle down. If you've got... You know, if you don't have loads of people nicking it all and eating it every day but really the aim of the game is when you land in there the first thing you want to do is go out and scavenge and build up your resource repository so you want materials you want medicine you want food you want ammunition and you can store at the beginning i think 25 of each of those and usually if you've got four people in your survival camp you lose four food a day so if you get 25 of them you can last a week basically you ain't got to worry about food for another week but the way in which the tutorial works is rather than teaching you to build up a repository at the very beginning so you can then do other interesting things, it's like, oh, go and go and destroy this playcart immediately. And you're like, well, all right, we'll go and do that. But let's teach you about the plague um, infection, which is, is important. That I must say, it does teach you what the plague blood infection is and how to deal with that. Because that is important because that will kill survivors if you ain't got the, you know, the education to deal with that um essentially certain zombies carry this infection if they hit you enough times you'll become infected and that survivor will die unless you get a cure to them in the timer that's left um and you can pause the time by putting them in a infirmary and doing it teaches you that so it's, that's, that is important i'm not going to nullify that but after that's been taught it should be like right now spend the next hour building up your repository don't know where to look oh here look go on the map and highlight a certain house and it will show you what materials might be there whether it's food medicine building whatever it should teach them it doesn't it goes right go and speak to this fucking bloke down the road they need help all right there's a play cart nearby go and destroy that oh do you want to recruit them you're like all right then before you know it you've got fucking how many people you've got four people in there you've got no farm coming in. you've got four food a day blasting out of your camp and you've got no you've got no you've got no foundation there it doesn't teach resource management, essentially. No, I mean, it says yeah. watch out for it, but it doesn't really. I mean, my <laughs> fault, I don't know. I just thought, what am I doing wrong here? And it wasn't until I sort of went on YouTube, was like, what, what's what's going on here? I was watching this guy called Brian Menard, and he was like, so best thing to do is go out and get all your resources, and you haven't got to worry about it. And I was like, of course, that's logical. Mm. But when, you, when you're putting a game and going through the tutorial and the training wheels... Yeah, yeah. You can't just go through the motions thinking it's going to look after me, but it it absolutely wasn't. And um, yeah, I wouldn't. What I'd say is, people that are new to this, don't lean on that too much. Think logically about what's going on because it's okay to not do the mission straight away. Um, now, once you get out of the tutorial and the random missions start popping up, a lot of them are time critical if you want to do them. 
they will just fade off. Time becomes an actual resource, which is an interesting way of doing it. A lot of games won't, will they? It'd be like, well, mm. that offer just, from that enclave will be there for six weeks. It's, they're here, they're like, we've well, got half a day, roughly. And if you don't mm. go over to them, they're like, well, fuck you then. You ain't going to help us, are you? And Get someone just, else in. Yeah, exactly. And they, then, then mm. they might have a negative attitude towards you and actually become hostile if you keep blowing it with yeah. them. Mm. But again, yeah, so that that tutorial, it teaches you some, I guess, fundamental stuff. But the real basic loop, it doesn't do a good job of doing. So I found myself in a right old state, basically, after about five hours. Didn't really understand a lot of the core mechanics of how to collect resources. You know, simple things like take another survivor with you, fill up your bag, then switch to them to fill up their bag, then bring a car with you also, fill up the trunk. Like, do all this stuff to be efficient. At no point does it even give you an inkling of that's the that's a good way of doing it. So yeah, I can't like, think of any specifics right now, but I definitely have played games where it's like you haven't told, you've given me some knowledge, but mm. you haven't imparted the basics on me. No, like normally, yeah. but it's a tricky balance because sometimes you feel like you're going through a tutorial and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, so yeah. it's a. It sometimes is a bit tricky, but I agree. I I'd much rather with these sort of games just. Build up a repository and go, right, I don't have to worry about that. I'll do that again in a week. Yeah. I'll worry about it then. I mean, um, that's the logical way to do it. But for whatever reason, mm. I was expecting the tutorial to that really be part of it. Or, it. or mm. perhaps I couldn't do it. I didn't really understand. But yeah. you know, once yeah. you know, you know, didn't you, I guess. So, mm. you know, don't don't be getting too snarled up in that tutorial is my suggestion. Yeah. So essentially, summary so far is that you prefer the sandboxy mode than that story mode purely because you can do what you want to do and survive yeah, how you just, want to survive a bit yeah. more free a bit more random a bit more like the experience that you're after yeah it's much more dynamic than what that yeah. is because there's nothing there's nothing really dynamic that happens in that that story mode because they can't really mm. i mean yes there are random spawns of zombies and powerful zombies if they spawn a fucking free juggernauts outside your base you're going to have trouble dealing with that so that can happen mm. but you won't just get random people reaching out to you unless it's for a story purpose or something like that so you don't really have to worry about too much in that sense you just kind of work through the missions you build up your repositories and your you know your base like you normally would it's just that there is a a start and an end to the the story that you can just follow through um and look law wise it's somewhat interesting to kind of understand what's going on with this blood plague and all this other stuff mm. and you know, interesting to see what's happening to, to Tumble Valley, as it's called. Um, and then there's a just a follow-up on that. That's called Heartlands. In the campaign mode, so the sandbox mode, you can go on to, to Trumbull Valley, yeah? And that actually has characters from the story mode in there that have that kind of has its own unique set of side missions if you want to do them. So if you want to take it a step further and find out a bit more of what happened after Heartlands and where those characters ended up, you can do that while still using doing, doing the sort of full sandbox thing. So that's quite a nice... I wish all the maps had their own side stories, if you will, like that. Mm. And they don't. That's the only one that has it. So I think in a future entry, that would be something cool that each of the... You can maybe you can turn it on or off because again, if you've done it once, you don't want to be doing it again. I guess that probably would get yeah. boring. But you still have the randomness, but you also have these other sort of 
scattered around survivors and enclaves to get in touch with. So that's quite a cool thing to, to have tied in. And I said, that's like a saga, that place. It's just always trouble lurking there. So interesting to check in to see what's happening post Heartlands. There always is. Um, so is there anything other than the tutorial that you specifically dislike about this game that you want to call out? Um, I mean, you can... I don't know about dislike. I mean, it's a bit. It is a bit sure. janky. Like, it's a bit. It is scruffy. Like, it goes to hell sometimes, and you're like, well, I'm not sure how much I'm in control of getting out of this, or whether the game is just gonna fucking pummel me. Um, which I suppose adds to the stakes of it all, which is important. You know, you want it to be high stakes. Yeah. Um, but it does feel a little bit. <sighs> Just look, it look, you watch someone play it and you play it. It's a little bit messy, this game. Just it's fine, but it's not very smooth and and whatnot. It's not unplayable, it's perfectly mm. sound, but we're not talking Last of Us 2 levels of smoothness and fidelity. Like it's, it is what it is. It's a, it's a 25 UK pound game that's sitting on Game Pass and was, you know, clearly not targeted towards a, a premium offering. But um, mm. it comes it comes of those sort of concessions that you might expect of a game that was budgeted and, and for sale at a lower price. And uh, yeah, like I got a follower killed once, and I was fuming. And like, was that my fault? Probably was. In fact, the game it does punish you when you start getting careless. That's one thing I noticed. You think you know it all, and you think, "Well, I'll just deal with these." Instead of just doing one blood, blood, or sorry, one play cart, which are like not hard, but they can get hairy because it starts spawning tutting when you start attacking it. But generally, mm. you can handle it. So rather than just doing one at a time, that's the safe way to do it. Conservative. Let's do one, go back, restock, maybe send another survivor out. I was like, oh, "There's only two left. I'll do the last two together." And mm. then on the second one, my follower that I, the doctor that I very rarely pulled out on missions like this, again, didn't think I needed to have any sort of major power there. She ended up getting killed. And I was like, oh, <laughs> really cost her. Yeah. I was like, that's just an example of just getting careless and greedy. Yeah. Like, you've just got to be laser focused and conservative, which is how, you know, in a, you'd imagine it would be, you know. Yeah. In a zombie yeah. survival, you can't be just going out there going, we're going to do this, this, and this. It's like, right, we've got one thing today, it's going to get food. Let's go and yeah. get that, fill up and get out of there. No point yeah, fucking yeah. about unless we need to. So it does have that element there sort of just baked into the game experience because it can all go to shit quite quickly. And if you're not <laughs> stocked up and repaired and all that stuff, you're going to have a, a, a horrible time trying to get out of some of these scrapes. Mm. I suppose that's a good thing. Although it it's is. frustrating at times. Like that's, you go, well, chuck yeah. that. But that's part you, of the game. You, it's permadeath. Yeah. So that's the, the hook of it as well is that these people can die. Mm. and they're gone so that doctor didn't get to see it through to the end and i was like cool one of the ogs put down because of my careless leadership really that's what it came down to oh and that was self-preservation i got in a state inside this house got all snarled up and just got out of there oh Oh, when i'm getting out of it because my health was right i already had one real scare in there and i got him out of there Mm. and i looked back and she was getting attacked by this zombie and i was like oh let me just heal up or something. By the time I'd started doing that, it was like, oh, she's been ripped in half. And I was like, oh, just got in my car <laughs> and drove no off. No, somber <laughs> journey back. <laughs> got back to the, yeah. got back and everyone, where's so-and-so? You went, ah, ah, gone. She got careless. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was her fault, wasn't it? But 
that was fun in hindsight. At the time, I was a bit worried, but he just recruit someone else and, <laughs> and replace them. Yeah. yeah, forgotten about already. Although she was a doctor, so she had certain skills and buffs yeah. that our medical thing couldn't get again, unless we found another doctor, and I never did. So, yeah, it was um, it was interesting. I played through one of the legacies. So this is like I played through the builder one, mm. which is fine. Um, it really just. Just, yeah, they're not great. That one wasn't great, I should say. I don't know about the mm. others, but it it kind of just rushed itself towards a conclusion, which I found strange. Mm. Um, I won't go into why. I just thought that it was. It felt like it was, oh, here's the final mission, so we're just going to... We haven't set this up very well, so here's all this tour. And it wasn't, it wasn't that it was hard. Just a lot of things suddenly happened in a short space of time. And I was like, this is not even making sense at this point. So I don't know if it was a bug or something, but it just was a bit. It was all a bit strange the way that kind of just escalated and then got to the final mission. But they're not, you know, they are there for a, a light story element, I guess, for people, but nothing really to to you know, write home about in that in mm. that sense. Fair enough. Is there anything else you want to call out about this before we move on? Uh, the game constantly auto saves. So you're not in. So if someone does die, it pretty much saves immediately after. So you know if you want it, there's no, there's no. Well, you can. You could technically just turn it off if you get in a spot of bother. I think you can get away with that, but Mm. I don't know why you would do that and not play it. But there's there's no save slot, so it would be nice to have just saved a certain state of my community and left them as they were. But on the other hand, I think for the game it is, it kind of needs to have that brutality was one safe that finality spot. to yeah, it where yeah. it's just like this is the one if you fuck it up then yeah that's the, that's the safe done yeah yeah it needs to have that but um yeah i mean the curveball stuff is interesting each individual character as i said is you know outside of the story modes and the tutorial is they're randomized in terms of their stats traits buffs debuffs they're random roles essentially which is means every time you pick up and play you've, you've, you're gonna have a different kind of starting group uh, you level up certain actions by carrying out that action. So shooting levels up the more you shoot. Running levels up or your cardio levels up the more you sprint. So I like that. I always enjoy that level of you know, progression. You know, It's based yeah, on what, what you I do like with that. the characters. Each mm. of the characters will have favorite types of weapons that gives them little, like um, I guess, buffs on their accuracy or their mm. power, depending on what they prefer. Some of them are more valuable than others. You know, you can find people that are like skilled soldiers that are all, that gives like passive buffs to the rest of the group. It's all this under the hood stuff. that's really interesting to dig into. So yeah, I, overall it's just, it's, it's got a lot of guts to it now, I think. And it's, it's, it, it kind of scratched this itch that I didn't really know existed until I started it. And I was like, Oh dear, I'm really am getting sucked into this. I really am. And I knew this was an itch that was there from years ago. I thought I'd kind yeah. of just, I'll just shook my head away thinking there's nothing really that's going to be quite good enough to scratch the itch. But State of Decay 2 is just on the level where it's there. Going back to what I said mm. earlier, I'll be looking to play this in my downtime just as a casual game. A stream game, I could chuck it onto Game Pass PC and stream it. That might be fun. Put it on a hard yeah. lethal. Like it's there's mm. a lot there. Like, and I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to finishing off my next project, my next game, and then sort of going back to this in the downtime and having a bit more fun with it. Now that I've kind of experienced most of the story stuff, it's like mm. you can just set off and enjoy and see what see what dynamic stories come out. Oh, it's interesting to hear. I always thought this would 
it's Walking Dead simulator in a lot of way, and it, yeah. it it kind of appeals to a lot of people's interests. But as you say, I think everyone was just so down on it after it got released because yeah. it did come out in a bit of a state by the sounds of things. Yeah. Um, unusual for Microsoft. <laughs> this is, what, this is uh, one of the reasons why they started getting crapped on. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to what they do with free, although it's that's had development trouble. I know that. And so I don't know how that's going to come out. I know there's been some controversy at the studio potentially about leadership and whatnot. Mm. I mean, originally, State of Decay was supposed to be uh, MMO style. And I'm so glad that Undead Labs realised they couldn't do it mm. or didn't want to do it because, you know, just having a more polished single-player offline thing where you can invite your friends in, for me, is personally, we've got enough online to... Yeah. Everything's got to have this online element to it of random to put the randomness in the game and let us just fuck about in this on these five maps that you've got. You know, you've got plenty of different variety there to go and play on the other maps. So, yeah, it's uh, it was it was surprisingly pleasing this game, albeit with you know a level of scruffiness that you know is not not what you'd expect ideal. from a truly polished, yeah, not ideal, mm-hmm. but you know, it's kind of. There's no really alternatives anyway, so it's like it's like like it or lump. The it, really. ultimate zombie survival experience, and they probably are. It probably is. Yeah, I'm an indictment that yeah. is potentially. But um, okay, well, let's go into the gaming gallery. Your gaming gallery. Yeah. Um, potential to chuck it in the bin still as we walk mm. in. Um, yeah. but I don't get the feeling we're going that way. I get a feeling that we're going into the gallery. And it feels like a matter of where. So, especially if you're going back to it. If, it, if you're going back to it, it don't get in the gallery, then queries need to be made. So, yes. Where does State of Decay 2 Juggernaut Edition go? It's going to get itself a lovely, proud bronze rating. Yeah. Just where it needs to be. Well above any sort of binning recommendation. Just probably not quite enough polish to go further up, but super enjoyable. You know, not clearly not for everyone. Clearly not for, well, for ten million people. Ah, ten million logons in it. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's, we know about that engagement stat, but there's there's definitely a community there that love what they've got here, and um, I can kind of see why. And it's it's kind of made mm. me a, a a believer in. Strangely enough, I'm like this is probably one of my favourite things that Microsoft have had out, and it's been sitting there for half a decade, or, or if not more. Mm. So pleased to have finally got round to it and yeah i'm going back and you know bronze to me seems like a fair a fair kind of rank rating for it and the ranking it's uh it's good it's great in some ways it's full short in some areas but overall the package is uh, an enjoyable video game for those that are interested in that type of video game the ultimate zombie survival experience there you go so that's it State of Decay 2 Juggernaut Edition earns itself a bronze. We'll be back with some idle game chat very, very soon. But there's nothing more for us to say here other than thanks for your time and ta-da.